You're listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Mountain lions. Just saying the name could make the hair in the back of your neck stand up. There may be no species as fascinating in the Colorado landscape than the big cats. Just getting a glimpse of the elusive cougar can be exhilarating and terrifying at the same time. Joining us to talk about the Colorado mountain lion population is Matt Eldridge, wildlife researcher for CPW. You're listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. The podcast is powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. GOCO invests a portion of Colorado lottery proceeds to help preserve and enhance the state's parks, trails, wildlife, rivers, and open spaces. Its independent board awards competitive grants to local governments and land trusts and makes investments through Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Created when voters approved a constitutional amendment back in 1992, GOCO has committed more than $1.2 billion in lottery proceeds to more than 5,200 projects in all 64 counties without any tax dollar support. Matt, welcome to Colorado Outdoors. Now, you've got quite a fascinating background studying the big cats for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Give us a little bit of your history in that regard. I've been fascinated with with predators and the carnivores most of my life. And after finishing my PhD, um, I was actually hired by Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, to study mountain lions, um, specifically looking at mountain lion-human interactions um, Throughout the 90s and early 2000s, we had noticed a large increase in the number of human encounters, incidents with mountain lions, um, lions being in neighborhoods and things like that. And so CPW had decided to start a research project on lions to figure out what was going on, um, if they could figure out ways to maybe deter lions from coming into these areas so we didn't have all the conflict and things like that. So I was actually hired to, to look at that specific question in 2006. Give us a little bit of a biological lesson uh, on mountain lions so that our listeners can kind of understand what, what these cats are all about. I mean, they're fascinating. They are. They're an amazing animal, um, incredibly strong, incredibly fast. Um, you know, they can run you know, 45 miles an hour, they can jump 19 feet straight up in the air. Wow. Um, just in, incredible animals. Uh, a female lion usually is about 100 pounds. Uh, a male, you know, a, a big male's averaging 150, 160. They can get up to 180 pounds. But they're, they're preying on items, uh, their prey items are animals that are significantly bigger than them, mule deer or elk or even moose. Um, so incredibly powerful animals that can take down prey much larger than themselves. Uh, they're generally solitary animals. 
territories that they loosely defend um, that can their territories can be as big as 500 square kilometers mm. and uh, females have overlapping home ranges that can be you know 100 square kilometers or better um, so they occupy large areas uh, prey on deer and elk in Colorado deer and elk mostly don't take a moose or sheep or things like that occasionally what else would you like to know on the basic biology well I think there's something kind of interesting I've heard it said before that if you see a mountain lion, it's because they want you to see them. I don't know if that's entirely true, but they're incredibly elusive, aren't they? They are. They're incredibly elusive. I've actually, because we put GPS collars on them so I can get GPS locations on them, and those collars actually have a VHF signal um, so I can be out in the field with an antenna and know where they are. And I've actually sat on a hillside where I know the lion was on the hillside 100 yards in front of me, and I can't see it. Wow. And I know the lion saw me. (laughs) Um, So they are incredibly elusive. They're also a very curious animal, kind of like your house cat. So a lot of times when people see them, it's a curiosity thing. They're trying to figure out what's going on, and they're looking at you and trying to investigate the situation that way. But, yeah, we've got a lot of GPS locations on the Front Range where um, we know there's a lot of, you know, people using trails and stuff like that. You bet. And, you know, people are not seeing lions very often. Um, They they like to get in good cover and sit tight. Um, They they feel comfortable there. You sparked the agency into creating a, a mountain lion video series. I'm wondering, t- tell me about why you think it's important to, to get the general public here in the state of Colorado, where we use the recreational area so much, why it's important to get that information out there and get people educated how to interact with these cats. The easiest way for me to explain that is that if I went to the ocean and there were sharks, I don't think I'd like to jump in and swim. Um, <laughs> and I think that's an understanding thing. Sure. We know our knowledge. Um when I do presentations, I like to talk about, you know, some of the historic literature we, we have, like where the red fern grows. And they refer to the mountain lion or the cougar as the devil cat, you know, instilling these images of, of fear, that this is a, a beast that lurks in the darkness and is going to jump, jump out and, and attack you. Sure. Um, and, and that's not the case. So I do all this research, and I publish a scientific paper, which is really, really boring to read. I mean, the general public doesn't want to read it half the time. I don't want to read that. <laughs> so, you know, we want to make something that's accessible to the public where they can learn something and and want to watch it so that it's got to have some entertainment value as well, educational-type, TV-type stuff. Sure. And so... When we finish some of these research projects, we realize that a good outlet would be to do a video series where we've got images, pictures, videos that we've taken um, that we can then show and then discuss our research results at the same time, explaining to the public what we found. 
You know, a big part of that video series was talking about how the management has helped the species recover from a, a dwindling population back in the early 1900s. Tell us a little bit about that, because you referred to, you know, devil cats and, and what the reputation was, and, and there was a period of time when they were hunted down pretty low, wasn't there? It, absolutely. Um, I, I think to start that conversation, it's important to realize that other than humans, the mountain lion or the cougar, I refer to both because depending on what state you live in, they call them one or the other. Okay. Um, but had the broadest geographic range of any mammal. Hmm. So they extended all the way to Canada, went from the Pacific to the Atlantic Ocean, and then all the way down through South America. So a historic range that was huge. Um, by the mid-1900s, they were pretty much, well, they were gone in the plains and, and eastern U.S., except maybe the Florida panther. But we had these mountain populations in, in our western states. But other, other than that, mountain lions had been extirpated. Hmm. And for the reasons you suggested, people were afraid of them. Uh, lions might kill livestock, so it was affecting people's livelihoods. So lions had been bountied, and people were going after lions, um, just trying to trying to get rid of of lions altogether because it affected their livelihood. Sure, understood. And in 1965, Colorado started actively managing lions. Um, we were one of the first states to do that, and by the early 70s, all the western states were managing lions as a hunted species, and hunting is an important management tool um, to manage these populations. But since that time, we've seen our mountain lion populations expanding back into historic ranges, um, which would include the foothills of, of Colorado, the front range of Colorado. Um, we've seen lions moving into the Dakotas and there's into historic range there. Uh, we've got lions in, in Nebraska now. So I would say our, our management has been a great success across the West as these populations have flourished um, back into historic ranges and, and are doing, doing very well based on our management. One thing that we've seen here, uh, in particular in the Front Range, but certainly other areas that border up to a wildlife area, is the interaction uh, between humans and, and cougars. Um, what has your study found about what's happening with our expansion from a living quarters area into mountain lion territory and, and what that means and how it's affecting the population and, and how people are dealing with it? Yeah, we've had some really interesting findings on that. Um, lions are doing really, really well in these um, suburban, you know, environments. You know, Colorado's great about having open space and and all these natural habitats that people can use, which creates really good habitats for our wildlife. And lions have, have been exploiting those very well. Um, you know, there's consistent deer populations. I, I would almost suggest that for a lion, these urban areas are providing a really well-stocked grocery store because we have... <laughs> thriving deer populations, right. and we have alternative prey that use these areas like raccoons and, and stuff like that. So there's a really reliable 
viable food sources in these in this interface between the urban and wildland areas. So we have really reliable resources for lions, and they're doing very well. In fact, the population estimate we did out of the Front Range area is one of the highest densities of lions ever reported in the literature. Wow. So it would suggest that, you know, these lion populations are thriving in these areas. There are, are, of course, alternative sources of mortality, um, interactions with humans, vehicles, things like that. Um, Believe it or not, uh, vehicle collisions with lions is one of the one of the highest sources of mortality. And then there's the management situations where lions are getting into town or areas and doing things that are a threat to human safety, and those, those lions are going to be removed. So there's there's both sides of that, but, but lions seem to utilize these areas really, really well. You know, with having the interaction like we do in these urban areas between cats and humans, you see viral videos every once in a while that get out there about some interaction. So give us some advice. If uh, I'm out, uh, I've got the dog on a leash, I'm doing some hiking someplace in some open space or in the mountain areas, and I have an encounter, what's my best course of action? The best thing I think people can do, first of all, is to educate themselves about lions, what lions do, um, where they're going to find them, and then how to deter or detract that lion from interacting with humans. So I'd like to take that in two parts where what can we do if we live there? Lions are going to be, what we found from our research, that lions are using these areas primarily for food resources. So if you do not want lions in your near your residence, then there's a few things you could do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one would be habitat alteration, so you don't give them hiding cover, and you don't provide food resources for the deer or the elk that are going to come into your yard. So sure. habitat manipulations where you're not attracting animals in because of cover or because of food resources. So not providing good forage for deer and elk so you don't have a bunch of deer and elk in your yard will, will limit the likelihood that you've got lions okay. using those areas as well. Um, and then the other part of that question is, what do you do when you're out hiking? Um, especially, you know, either with or without your dog. If you're hiking with your dog, I would keep them on a leash. Um, you're your dog's going to be out running around. If, if you don't have them on a leash, they're going to be running around. And likely they're going to smell, if a lion's made a kill, they're going to smell that and run over to investigate that good smell to them. And if a lion's on it, they're probably going to kill your dog just defending their, their food. Right. Um, the other thing I would recommend is making noise when you're out. If you're sneaking along and you encounter a lion and you surprise the lion, that creates a bad situation. Whereas if you're making noise, talking, and things like that, chances are the lion's going to move off or just hold tight and you'll never even see him. And then if you do see a lion, we've got a lot of, a lot of advice on what to do if you actually encounter one. Be 
you know, you need to remain calm. You don't want to run. You don't want to scream. You just need to talk softly, back away, you know, keep keep a line of sight on the on the lion, back away slowly, make some noise. You know, you can throw rocks or sticks at them, whatever. Okay. And if you're really worried about it, um, I would suggest carrying pepper spray. Okay. It's a good deterrent, and uh, and should be effective on deterring a lion if you get that close of an encounter. You know, as as much as you've been out in the field and as much uh, work as you've done studying these creatures, I, I wonder: Have you ever had an encounter that that maybe got you a little bit nervous uh, in your time out in the wild? I've had a few. Um, all situations that I put myself in. Okay. Um, nothing a lion ever ever forced. Um, we've had situations where we've been trying to to uh, capture a female lion where they had kittens and. You know, we've been out in the middle of the night with the kittens and had the had the mother approach. Um, I've had situations where I was sitting on a kill trying to uh, just free-range dart a lion as it came back into the kill, and I've had um, some lions approach me, even after they saw me, approach very closely. Their behaviors always seemed very... Uh, like more curiosity than anything as they approached me. Okay. Um, certainly with the kittens involved, they were more interested in protecting their kittens. But every time I've had these close encounters with the lion, even even where we were darting lions in people's backyards where we'd literally walk up to the bushes and, and shoot a dart at them, they would hold tight as long as they had cover. And then... Um, when they feel felt like they were being pushed too far, they would just run and try to escape. I've never had one get aggressive um, towards me and threaten me in any way. Mm-hmm. It was always always a situation where they were looking to try to escape and get away. Um, I feel that in general that lions are are trying to avoid conflict and they're just trying to get away from those threats they see. And I I feel that. They still view, even though they're using these urban areas, they still view people as threats and and something they're trying to avoid. You you talked about them being solitary animals. So if you're out and about, I've seen videos like this, if you see a group of mountain lions, well, what exactly are you seeing there? What's going on? Uh, there's a couple situations um, when you've got a group of lions. One, it could be a breeding pair which would be, you know, that could last two or three days, where you've got a male and a female together. Chances are you won't see that very often. Most of the situations where people are seeing groups of lions is a female with kittens. And obviously if the kittens are small, people recognize that as, uh, you know, mom and her kittens. But a lion, a female will actually keep her, her offspring with her, you know, sometimes up to two years, but a year and a half is pretty typical. So by the time they're a year, a lot of times it's hard to differentiate based on size the difference between the adult female and the sub-adult kittens that she still has with her. Okay. Um, so you'll see three or four lions walking through your yard, and they all look adult-sized, whereas what is likely the situation is that, you know, there's one adult female and two or three kittens with her. Um, We've also seen situations where you'll have 
two related females, both with offspring, and you can see you know six or seven lions together. Um, but again, that's that's usually related individuals, and most of those are kittens, and they might be sharing a kill or or hunting together or something like that. Um, but generally, yes, they are solitary animals. Sure, you know, re- reading between the lines by by what you're talking about, I, I think I know that. You're optimistic about the future, but but just let me ask you. I mean, uh, with what you're seeing, with what you're studying, with how urban areas are sprawling, do you feel optimistic about the the mountain lion population here in the state of Colorado moving forward? I guess I would have to put that on on the residents of these areas and and what and how people are going to deal with that and respond to it. I definitely think that if we keep sufficient open space areas, national forests, things like that, where there's there's plenty of area that lions can get away from people, I think we can coexist very well with lions. Um, if human expansion gets to the point where they don't have a lot of habitat and they're trying to exist in these very small, isolated forests and things like that, then I'm not sure that that they could coexist in those situations. Um, I think there would be too much pressure on them and too much opportunity for conflict in those situations. And then it's going to be a lot of how people respond to that, Um, whether people are tolerant of having that, because there are a lot of people that feel highly threatened by lions, um, and rightfully so. I won't take that away from them. But can we learn and educate the people enough to where people want to want to have lions there and want to coexist with lions and are willing to do the right things? Um, so I think it's going to come down to human tolerance. If we want to live in an area with lions, then yes, I think we can, as long as we maintain a lot of open natural areas for lions to live in and and continue to educate the public about how to live there with lions. I do think that at, at some level we need to continue to hunt lions in these areas or at least chase lions in these areas. Um, so that they don't become too accustomed to people. Sure. Um, so that, that is my fear. Over the last 10 years, I've been hearing more and more stories and seeing more and more pictures of lions that have daybedded next to a road in, in these mountain communities, and people are driving by and taking pictures with their cell phones, and the lions don't seem to care. And, and that causes me some concern that lions are not, are, that lions might lose some of the fear of people that they have. And then I could see a lot more conflict that, and a lot more serious conflict if we get to that point. So I, I think to coexist at some level, we need to continue to hunt them or at least continue to instill that fear of humans in, in the lion population in these urban areas. 
Well, Matt, you've done some very interesting research on a fascinating creature here in the state of Colorado. Really enjoyed the conversation today. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you. Great insights and expertise from CPW wildlife researcher Matt Aldridge on a truly amazing animal and predator, the mountain lion. Hey, remember, for anything and everything pertaining to Colorado Parks and Wildlife, go to our website at cpw.state.co.us. Thanks for joining us on Colorado Outdoors, powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. Until next time, get out and enjoy the great outdoors in our beautiful state of Colorado. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is a nationally recognized leader in conservation, outdoor recreation, and wildlife management. The agency manages 42 state parks, 960-plus species of wildlife in Colorado, more than 350 state wildlife areas, and a host of recreational programs from hunting and fishing to the state's trails program, boat registration, snowmobiles, off-highway vehicles, and more. All of its management is in perpetuity for the enjoyment of Coloradans and its visitors.